Welcome to Boisevain. It's located three hours southwest of Winnipeg, and it's a beautiful town with a population of about 1,500 people. Boisevain truly is a cute town, full of stunning murals, weathered grain elevators, colorful gardens, and a giant purple martin house. While exploring the town, I was instantly taken with its charm. I've posted pictures of the town on my website, manitobalandmarks.com, so take a look and let me know what you think. It's like the whole town tells a story. Nearby are the International Peace Gardens, the Game Ward Museum, and Turtle Mountain Provincial Park. Then there's Tommy. Well, we're beside the Turtle Mountains, jokingly. Let's raise turtles. <laughs> you can guess what would happen at that time. <laughs> raise turtles? Yeah, people will check our sanity and they'll find very little. <laughs> Let's do us a turtle. I'm Megan Kiertensen, and you're listening to Manitoba Landmarks. Could you go over to Tommy right now? Not yet. That's Ivan Strain. We are sitting at a small round table at the entrance of the Irvin Goodon International Wildlife Museum, a tourist information office and museum that stands behind Tommy. We should go to Tommy before we start. Ivan and I walk outside. The entrance of the building is a giant antler archway, and it's huge. It's well over two stories tall and at least the size of a school bus. I think it's beautiful. The archway is made up of different types of antlers. I recognize moose, deer, and elk, all connected together to make this U-shaped entrance. Ivan and I walk under the arch and across the gravel parking lot towards Tommy. Tommy is a giant painted turtle. He faces towards the main road. He holds an American and Canadian flag. He is green and yellow, and the underside of his shell is a bright, rich red. I'll let you go over to the side of the turtle and take a good look at him. Okay. And then I'll be over there in 45 seconds. We part ways. Ivan heads towards this small museum to the left of us, and I continue on to Tommy. Hi, boys and girls. My name is Tommy Turtle, and I am the biggest talking turtle in the whole wide world. I stand over 22 feet high, and I weigh more than 10,000 pounds. Yes, I am a very big turtle. I'd like to thank your mommy and daddy for bringing you to see Tommy. And if you'd like to get something to remember that you saw Tommy, I jumped about four feet when Tommy started talking. I was busy taking pictures, wondering what Ivan was up to, and then boom, talking turtle. Ivan, of course, had planned it this way. He talks. He's awesome. I, when did he start talking? Oh, probably 35 years ago. Wow, that's such a great idea. Once he got to be about five years old, he was big enough to talk. <laughs> The local radio station, and I worked there for a great number of years, we contacted them and said, we should make sound. Okay. We should have Tommy Turtle talking. We've got all these other grotesque things, and nobody talks. No. But Tommy will be a talker. <laughs> so they helped with all the equipment at that time, mm. put it together, and lo and behold, Tommy Turtle has spoken for the last probably 30, 35 years. Now... Having a giant talking turtle isn't always fun. 
When Tommy first learned how to talk, there was a button located at the front of him that had this flat top on it. Well, that was really good, except a lot of young kids, everybody oh, no. 50 and under, you pick up a stone, you set it on top, and Tommy talks all night long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and he says something like, Hi, boys and girls, what are you doing to me? I don't talk all night, I need to sleep. <laughs> and, and that's about what happens with Tommy, and you know, yeah. he had to have some rest. Also, the people in the hospital, later at night, about 9 o'clock, everything gets very quiet. Yeah. And it was deafening over there. <laughs> Ivan has been an important part of organizing the Boys of Ain Turtle Derby since the beginning. He is a retired radio broadcaster and was the voice of the turtle races each year. 36 years of senior hockey broadcasts from Morton into Saskatchewan, Dalton yeah. to the north. And love sports. Yeah. And turtle racing is a sport. It is. It's not the sport of kings, but it's a sport of people that maybe aren't too fast. <laughs> so what's, what's the rules of like turtle? Does everyone have like, do they have numbers on them? Yes. And here, then they go across? Here we go. This is a round table. Yeah. Okay. This will be the starting gate. Okay. Inside there, there are just like an orange, except there's eight segments, eight little boxes. So there are eight turtles. Okay. And they are numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Okay. So this is the edge. This is the finish line. Okay. Oh, so is this, and so is that. Oh, because a turtle, like a lot of us, isn't too sure where he's going. Right. And that's the fun of it. You're up there, and it was 25 feet, so it's 50 feet across. We're up there, you push the little button, starting gate, and they're off and running. <laughs> Uh-oh. There goes number two. And we had a race program, honest to God, race programs too. Number two, that's uh, Beetle owned by Megan. Uh, Beetle is moving, Beetle is leading. Oh, Beetle's about six lengths ahead. What did Megan do to Beetle? He's going the other way, he's going back <laughs> inside, he's going to the middle. I say there's no control. Yeah. And on and on, so anyway, here comes Megan again. She's finally going. And Megan crossed the finish line. She's the winner, and that is the winner of heat number 17. It's Megan the Turtle. <laughs> I love that. Said, so how will we race them? And guess what? The guy you're looking at said, put them in the center of a circle. They'll go wherever they want to. I said, oh, that won't work. Said, well, why wouldn't it? Yeah, that's too simple. Yeah. Because you can't race them. Straight. Yeah, well, you can. They race armadillos in Texas. Oh, and they put them in little things like that. Oh, like little shoots or yep. whatever? Yeah. But here, the, you lift it and there's eight going, eight different directions, or two going and six watching. Yeah. It just made it that much more interesting. Oh, it's, that's hilarious. That's I, I, funny. I thought it was. I still think it is. This is a story about racing. This is a story about a tortoise and a hare. We did turtle racing in Boise again for 30 consecutive years. Started in 1972. Okay. We held the first race downtown. Yeah. And it was a different type of race because nobody had experienced uh, anything like it. Said, do we bring people or not? The word was there were around 3,000 people in total that came to this happening the first year. What? I think that's maybe a bit of an exaggeration. It was right downtown, and we used something about the size of this table, which is about three feet, maybe three and a half feet across. Yeah. And it was closed on the top, 
and a local lawyer who has passed away, he and I were the first ever starting gate. So one on each side, and somebody said, go, we lifted this up, and underneath there were turtles, plus there was a tame rabbit. What? That's the very first races. A tame rabbit, and he had a little sort of a shell thing on top of it so he'd be disguised so the turtles wouldn't do something silly. Yeah. And the, the tortoise and the hare was exactly as written. <laughs> the tortoise one. The hare never moved. Seriously? No, he didn't, he didn't, shall we say, part a hare. He just sat right there. As the turtle derby started to grow in popularity, their makeshift starter grate needed an upgrade. The gate sits next to the museum. It reminds me of a volleyball referee stand. It has a small stepladder that leads to a larger platform. Under the stand, there are containers that make up a circle. There's a large white sign on the stand that says, Canadian Turtle Derby, Boisevain, Manitoba, world's only electric turtle starting gate, donated by Molson. Going back to electric starting gate, it was devised, designed by people at the welding shop just north of town. Where did the money come from? Molson Canadian. Seriously? At that time, Canadian Turtle Derby, they used to give us probably $5,000 in cash per year before you were born. Mm -hmm. We had a Manitoba beer strike. What? Here? And they said, how will the Turtle Derby function? Because that's what it sort of lived on was, <laughs> it's party time, come to Boys of So we got permits to bring US of A beer. Come on, really? And no problem whatsoever. Okay, so all of Manitoba there was a beer strike? There was a beer strike. For how long? No beer. I don't know how long. It seemed like an eternity. I have to look this up. But there was a beer strike in Manitoba. Why? Do you remember? No idea. But all of a sudden the light flashed and I said, what's different about turtle racing? Yeah, okay. So there it was. And So you brought it from the States? Yep, it came from <laughs> stateside. Truckloads from the States. Brilliant. So, Oh yeah, a beer strike. I went and found a few articles and videos from CBC archives about this beer strike. Apparently in the 80s, brewery workers from Carling, O'Keefe, Labatt, and Molson all hit the picket lines and the shelves went dry. The liquor corporation doesn't have the capacity to keep up with the demand for beer here in St. John's during the strike lockout, but they're making a valiant effort. This morning, 540 cases of beer went out through the door before 10.20 a.m. There is more on the way. A spokesman for the Newfoundland Liquor Corporation says another 16,000 dozen beer will arrive in Newfoundland liquor stores Friday morning. In the meantime, with the NHL playoffs in full swing and the glorious 24th fast approaching, it'll take more than shut breweries and long lineups to keep these boys from their beer. For here and now, this is Ken Lawton reporting. I tried to contact Molson to find out more information about Manitoba specifically, However, they said they do not have any records from that time period. Favorite year? Got me tongue-tied, Megan. It doesn't happen too often. <laughs> but there is no favorite year. No? I, I guess when I say that, I'm sort of lying, but it wasn't my favorite year. It was my favorite year for me personally, the year that the Winnipeg Jets signed Dale Howarchuk. Yeah. And I got the first ever cap that came out autographed by Dale Howarchuk. Yeah. That was very special. But seeing the people at the Turtle Derby, and as I watch you now with that smile and those glistening eyes saying, you're standing up there and you see these people, and you look at them and said, 
these are normal people. <laughs> they're playing kids' games. They're, they're excited. And the little kids are going, eating their ice cream, going, yeah. Uh, Dale Howard Chuck, the year he signed with the Jets, he came out here. Really? It was sort of neat. It is neat. Because uh, we're, we played what they call slow pitch, supposedly. So Dale's playing shortstop for the Jets. I'm playing shortstop for the Turtles. <laughs> and he was passing, like all the guys were passing something out. So he batted third for his team. I yeah. batted third for ours. And when he came up, he handed me his Jets cap. Really? The first ones ever gone out. So I had him sign it. Yeah. I still have it at my house. Wow. But, uh, no, he was just a kid. Ivan is a storyteller. I can tell he loves sharing his passion for Tommy and the town of Boisevain with people. He is funny, smart, and full of mischief. Some people down at Turtle Lake, North Dakota. Oh, you don't even open? So they did races. Okay. So my buddy Wayne Pringle, he and his wife, my wife Gail and I decided we'll go down there. So to take a turtle across the border is illegal. Right. So we caught one at the International Peace Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. It's an international land, and said, so we said to the U.S. Customs guy, he said, "You got to be crazy." <laughs> uh, no, not really, sir. But uh, we do this, and we have a lot of fun. He said, "Sounds like it's really a lot of fun." <laughs> so he let us go. We take Tommy, the international turtle, down to Turtle Lakes. We don't run all the races and. The big cup that we got to keep for oh, a year was taken home by Tommy, the international Come peace on. turtle, honest to God. <laughs> You'd say, who scripted this? Uh, and then for a number of years after that, they paid me to go down and do the announcing down there. And that was sort of nice. Oh, that's so cool. I love that yeah, story. It's different. So you didn't actually have to be present to participate. All you had to do was send in an entry form from the record, the local paper, and you were assigned a turtle. Ivan said they would get entries from around the world, including the UK, South Africa, and Saudi Arabia. You could see each year, Megan, that just a few less, a few less, a yeah. few less in attendance. Yeah. So good to see you people in the stands. It's really fantastic. It's too hot to be anyplace else today. Got a question. How many of you people have ever seen a turtle race? If you have not, not, please stand up. Mm. You'd look and I'd say 90% of the people would stand up. Yeah. And then I would nastily say, so where have you been till now? We needed you here. <laughs> yeah. And the popularity after so long just started to wane and right. down. So we decided to have our last ever one. Uh, I think it was 2001, yeah, 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. And at that time, uh, I was working for the radio station and just... Radio Southern Manitoba, so they're in Winnipeg, Steinbach, right. Eltona, all over the place. Yeah. So I was getting calls from Winnipeg. Why are you not going to hold it anymore? And my question to each of them, which was not an answer, was, how many turtle derbies have you attended? Yeah, why haven't you been to well, one? Well, I, I thought I'd come to this one because it's the last one. Aww. I remember to one lady, I said, I have to do this. Yeah. So we should have had our last one 10 years ago, and we'd have had you out here. Uh, not likely. <laughs> I said, well, I hope you come, and if you do, ask for Ivan. Yeah. You see the starting gate, the guy up top. Yeah. It'll be the guy with the western hat, that's me. Yeah. There once was a speedy hare who bragged about how fast he could run. Tired of hearing him boast, slow and steady the tortoise challenged him to a race. All the animals in the forest gathered to watch. 
Hare ran down the road for a while and then paused to rest. He looked back at Slow and Steady and cried out, How do you expect to win this race when you're walking along at your slow, slow pace? Hare stretched himself alongside the road and fell asleep, thinking, There's plenty of time to relax. Slow and Steady walked and walked. He never ever stopped until he came to the finish line. The animals who were watching cheered so loudly for Tortoise that they woke up Hare. Hare stretched and he yawned and began to run again, but it was too late. Tortoise was over the line. After that, Hare always reminded himself, don't brag about your lightning pace for Slow and Steady won the race. The Tortoise and the Hare is an Aesop fable. Thanks for listening to Manitoba Landmarks. If you liked today's episode and want to learn more, then head to manitobalandmarks.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Manitoba Landmarks. Here I post pictures, maps, and other fun visuals of these not-so-hidden gems. I'd love to hear from you. Do you have an interesting story about one of the places featured here? Or have one that should be on our list? Then send me a message on social media or email manitobalandmarks at gmail.com. Music for the show is by Manny Gosen. There are links to his Spotify page on the show website. Until next time, keep exploring. <laughs>